The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like all of, we're laughing about this, but these are like real solutions that are better for the future of this franchise than just paying the dude. I honestly believe that. Like frame him for a crime. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> we at the Ringer NFL show do not condone framing Russell Wilson for any crimes. Oh yeah, that much that must be stated. Wink wink. Hello and welcome to the island on the Ringer NFL show feed. I'm Nora Princiati. I am here today with the one and only Stephen Ruiz, the leader in the clubhouse of Island Takes. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Trevor Lawrence looks like a top 10 quarterback, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what? That one is the most... I feel like that island has had the most like rocky weather patterns this season. There's been mm-hmm. some times when that take has looked not so great, but then also some real, all right. That Stephen yeah. Ruiz might know what he's talking about. Yeah. The, Do you wish the, that you'd uh, made it Geno Smith ones. Island? Oh, man. Yeah. Because I feel like I was on that island all offseason. So I really yeah. missed the boat there. Another, that's yeah. another island pun. Missed the boat. I did that on accident. <laughs> well done. Well done. Put all right. The promo. Well, this is actually kind of an, an island first because I don't completely know what your island is. Usually I have a, I, I know what the argument is going to be, not necessarily how the guest is going to make it, but I know the topic because it helps with prep and everything. Um, I know that you have some thoughts about the Broncos and Russell Wilson, but I don't know all that much more than that. So Steven, lay it on us. Tell us your island take for the day. So I, I spent a lot of time on uh, spot track, looking at Russell Wilson's contract, trying to find a way out because that's where we are. We are at this point. Like it's not working. It's been a disaster. The coach has been bad. The quarterback has been bad. The offense has been bad. They're losing games. We got to find a way out. And the only conclusion I came to was that the Broncos should just fold the franchise. That's obviously not a real option. So the next option is let's get rid of Russell Wilson. So I looked into how, how, they would go about doing that and what what dead cap money they would be left with. And it turns out it would be a lot of dead cap money. 
It'd be like a hundred million dollars <laughs> yeah. of dead cap if they just straight Quite up cut them, cut them like regularly. Here's the thing: the NFL record for uh, Goff and Wentz currently in the in the thirty million range smashed. And I think Russell Wilson would go for it. He's a guy that likes to accomplish things. This would be quite the accomplishment. A record that would never be broken. But that's not realistic. But there are other options. You don't have to just cut him. You could trade him, for instance. And if you can Mm -hmm. trade Russell Wilson, if you can convince another team to trade for Russell Wilson, they would have to take on a contract that includes $100 in guarantees for the new team, not for the Broncos. The Broncos would be stuck paying, I think it was like around $60 for their one year with Russell Wilson, which is a bad amount of money. But if you're the Broncos, why not? Why not? That's my take. I am Steven Ruiz, and I am on the Broncos should either cut or trade Russell Wilson and eat the dead money this offseason. End it after one year. I'm on that island. Jeez. That is dangerous. I've done something like that, too. Cutting Russell Wilson. Let's just let's let's do some numbers here. Cutting Russell Wilson after this season would leave the Broncos with a, a dead cap hit of um, $124 million. <laughs> Roughly half the salary cap. <laughs> um so that seems tough, is what I would say. Uh let's talk about the trade situation. Do you think there is a, a team in the NFL that could be convinced to trade for Russell Wilson for uh, uh, essentially to to take the to take the salary off their hands, trade him for like a seventh round pick or something? I, I think Ooh. it's easy to pitch that if you you are the Broncos, you could pitch that. Hey, we we made a mistake hiring this guy, this coach that we hired, the one of the worst coaches in, in NFL history. And he is the reason why Russell Wilson didn't play well. We've, Russell Wilson has this long track record of playing well. He's been a star quarterback for over a decade. He had one down year. There were some injuries mixed in, too. We had some injuries to the offensive line also. We had some injuries to the receiving core. We, our running back got hurt. There are like a lot of excuses explaining away his bad play, and it's only one year. And then I would also reference Carson Wentz, who has been traded in two offseasons in a row for premium draft picks. So if you can trade Russ or Carson Wentz for premium draft picks, I don't see why you can't offload Russell Wilson on some poor team and be like, hey, we'll even throw in a second round pick or a third round pick for you to take this guy off our hands. Now, here's the here's the key part. They have to do it before March because he has a $20, I don't know if it's an option bonus, roster bonus, or whatever, but that becomes guaranteed in March. So unless they do it before then, then the trade doesn't really work out financially for them. Then they end up losing a bunch of money still. But if they can get that tr- trade done before March, I, I really don't see the argument against it because the alternative is that Russell Wilson continues to play for you and continues to make around like $40 million a year. And I get that $80 million in dead money is a lot to work around, but working around a quarterback making $40 million for the next five years is even harder to work around, especially if he's a bad quarterback, which we're going to get into this later, but I think he might be a bad quarterback now. Well, let's get into it now, right? Because, and now, look, if the Broncos can make a compelling case to a team to convince them that Russ is going to rebound and start playing better immediately and convince them to make a trade, then great, well done. That doesn't have to be true in order to do that. But let's talk through that argument, right? Like, 
Is there a way to salvage this quarterback? What do you think? I've gone back and forth on this. Like when I first came into this, I'm writing about Russell Wilson this week. And when I first came into it, I, my thought was they should keep Russell Wilson, get a coach who understands how he plays, get a coach from maybe from that Seattle uh, era, maybe Brian Schottenheimer, for instance, who knows how to call the right plays and turn the right dials for Russell Wilson. Because he is a unique quarterback who takes a play caller who has a unique understanding of his game. And I don't think Nathaniel Hackett has that. Yeah. But then when I dove into the numbers and like I started to like parse out the things that Russell Wilson used to do well and isn't doing well anymore, that's when the concerns come because it's not like he fell off a cliff all of a sudden. This has been a gradual decline. And I'm talking about like off target uh, throw rate on deeper throws, escaping pressure and, and avoiding sacks when under pressure throwing outside of the pocket, all of these things, they've been, a, it's been a gradual decline since 2018. It hasn't been like, oh, he was good for 2018. He was good in 2019. He was good in 2020. And then all of a sudden he's bad. No, it was like, he was a little worse in 2019, a little worse in 2020, a little worse this year. To me, that suggests that this isn't a quarterback who's just having a bad year. This is a quarterback who's clearly on decline. And then when you think about his skill set and how he's been good, it makes sense that a quarterback at 34 years old with that playing style but that body type would start to break down at this point in his career. What do you think the top thing that's gone by the wayside has been? Because yes, I, 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 we can look at the last few years of Russ's play and go, okay, this didn't totally come out of nowhere, particularly when we talk about some of the mobility issues. But his last two seasons in Seattle, in twenty. 21, there was also the, the finger injury, which impacted things. But in, in the last two seasons before this one, he was eighth in QBR. That's just in front of Dak and Kyler Murray. It's not like he was a horrible quarterback. Right. It's not like he was this quarterback that we're watching. So uh, there are through lines, but we are looking at a different situation. So where do you think, where do you think the through lines in how he'd been starting to drop off before getting to Denver that have been really extra present this season in his game are? I honestly think it's the, the scramble stuff and the under pressure stuff because like that was his thing. He, he did right. other things well. Like he did like quick game well. He, he threw a really good deep ball. But we, see, we know there's other quarterbacks in the league that do that. His unique skill set was being able to turn any situation into a explosive play. That took mobility and it took exceptional arm strength and arm talent. The, the ability to run and throw on the run and not lose any accuracy or touch or, or arm strength is wholly unique to Russell Wilson in that regard. It's not there anymore. It's not like it's gone completely by the wayside, but it's like 5% worse than what it was a year ago and 10% uh, worse than what it was two years ago. And like, I, I feel like there's a threshold where once he sinks below it, 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 everything else kind of falls apart. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I think what Pete Carroll did, even though he was getting so much criticism for his play calling, his philosophy on running pass ratios, was he minimized the, the plays that Russell wasn't really good at and maximized the plays that he was good at. And we're right. not getting that in, in, in Denver right now. And they are struggling to find the mix. And I think part of that is a misunderstanding on Russell Wilson's end on what type of quarterback he is. I don't think Russell Wilson realizes why he was good. And like you can hear him when he talks about quarterbacks he looked up to and who he modeled his game after. 
I mean, he's saying Drew Brees, and I can't think of a quarterback that's less like Russell Wilson than Drew Brees outside <laughs> of the fact that they're both 5'10". They don't play the position the same way. And if that's what he views himself as, and that's the type of offense he wants to be in, you're going to get results that look like the results we're seeing in Denver right now because he's just not good at that stuff. And then he's not as good as he was at the other stuff that made up for it in Seattle any longer. I think you're sort of hitting at the the central question of whether there's a way to salvage this, right? Which is, if Russell Wilson is not an... And he's never, he hasn't been, an, he's not an elite athlete in the way that we talk about, you know, a Lamar, a Justin Fields, but Russell Wilson was an exceptional athlete, an exceptionally mobile quarterback who could do special things with that element of his game. If that is gone, is there a way for him to still be an effective quarterback? Because in 2020, he scrambled for 28 yards per game. Last year, that was down to 11 and a half yards per game. This season, it's around the same, 12 and a half. He's actually doing that on fewer attempts. So he's been an okay scrambler sometimes when he's gone for it. It's just not a big part of their offense. And then the other thing is that when he throws on the move, he's far, far, far less effective than he used to be. And that's the part that since 2020 has kind of cratered. He's gone from 11th in EPA per play when throwing on the run all the way down to 24th this season. He was 27th last season. So that's one of those things that Gives you some pause because it's not totally out of the blue. Again, part of that 2021 season was the finger issue, which is hard to sort of separate out. But it's interesting that you brought up sort of who he idolizes because the other part of that is that I think the league in general and defenses in general are also better at defending that type of quarterback. And when we look at Russell Wilson's career, like he's this one of these hyper successful 2010s quarterbacks who were the other guys who were thriving at that same time? They were guys who had really, really, really different skill sets. And not only has that special skill set that Russell Wilson has gotten worse just with age and he's just not playing as well. Also, the league deals with more guys who play like Russell Wilson did when he was at his best and is therefore better at defending those types of quarterbacks. So Russell Wilson used to get to play these defenses that were like, man, if I want to be a Super Bowl caliber defense, I'm going to have to be able to beat Brady, Rodgers, Phil Rivers. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson would be this this total changeup. That to me is an underrated element of what's going on. It's like he doesn't really have that anymore because one, he doesn't have the ability physically, but also the guys that he's playing against know how to deal with that style when he does do it. Um, Bill Barnwell wrote a piece about what's gone on with that offense. And one thing that I thought was super interesting that he pointed out was that Russ has stayed about league average throwing out of structure over the last three years, but league average has gotten worse. So in 2020, he was 15th and that was good for negative 0.1 EPA per play. He's only 16th this season. But being right there equals out to negative 0.3 EPA per play. So if that's your bread and butter, that in and of itself is just a less successful thing to do, at least unless you can be an elite guy playing that style and he doesn't have the physical tools to do that anymore. Now, I want to talk about some of the other stuff, like you mentioned the deep ball, which I actually don't think has been horrible to see if there are 
other elements, like if there is a different path for him. But I, I, I just like that you pointed out sort of who he models himself after because I think there's this sort of perfect storm of Russ isn't able to do what he used to be able to do anymore, but also he thinks of himself in this different way. But also the league has has molded to be better equipped to deal with what made him special. And, and just all of these things are sort of coalescing around, man, this might be a tough guy to build a franchise around in, in 2022. But you mentioned the deep ball. Um, what do you think is the state of Russell Wilson's deep ball? Because I would argue that's actually one of the causes for some degree of optimism yeah. this season. No, it's the only thing he's got going for him right now. But that's the problem is it's the only thing he's got going for him. And we talked like so much earlier in the year and last year about how about the Bengals and their reliance on explosive plays and how they had had to find a plan B. They've done that. Russell Wilson has not done that. Russell Wilson, that is still the, the thing he's best at. And when you're watching on film, it's it's just as good. Or it's not quite as good, but it's like 95 percent there. And I do think that five percent makes a big difference because it's hard enough as it is to build an offense around deep balls just because it's so volatile. But when you're Russell Wilson in his prime and you were the best deep ball thrower, maybe in the history of the NFL, specifically at the type of deep ball he threw, which made it really easy to track for the receivers. It matters when you start to lose that unique ability that separates you from the rest of the pack, because that's what you had on them. And then you have other areas where you're weaker than the the other top quarterbacks. And I, I would also say that I think this is so fascinating, this this uh, this breakdown of his career just because of the play calling element of it. I think that's really a, another big key. It's not just that Russ is, has fallen off. It's not just that Nathaniel Hackett isn't a great coach. I think that this should make us all look back on his time in Seattle with a different lens and maybe appreciate what Pete Carroll did for this guy's career because... The, the funny thing is when you watch him on film, like, yes, he's slower and he's not as mobile. But like I said, the deep ball still looks the same. Like the accuracy on all the other throws looks the same. He's arguably better at being more poised in the pocket and dealing with pressure. Like there's an argument that could be made that he's a better pure quarterback now. He's just not a better football player. And I think that makes me appreciate what Pete Carroll did in calling the offense, setting or not calling the offense, but setting the offense up to be this run first outfit that while it was run first and run friendly, it was maximizing the efficiency of the passing game. Like Russ only did the things he was good at. He did quick game and he did play action, deep balls. And he was really good at both of those things. And that's why the offense worked. They didn't waste their time trying to have him run these drop back passing concepts in obvious passing situations because he can't do it. He's not a, that type of quarterback. He can't hang in the pocket, can't see over the middle of the field. It's hard to to run those pure drop-back passing concepts. So Pete Carroll found a way around that, and his offensive coordinators found a way around that and really turned the, the sliders in the right directions and turned the, the, the knobs in the right directions and made it work. And when you break down uh, Denver's play calling and how how they're using certain play types, it's really obvious why the offense isn't working as well as it did even when it wasn't going well in Seattle. They're not calling a lot of uh, play action from shotgun. And that was a big thing for for Seattle and Russ. And I think the reason why they aren't is because they can't run the football in shotgun. And it's like hilariously bad how how awful they are at it. Like, 
their best formation is when they go into 11 personnel, go into the gun, and go two by two. So two receivers on one side, two receivers on the other side. That's their best passing formation by stats. Okay. Uh, but their success rate when they run out of that formation, it's also their most common formation. Their success rate when they run out of that is 6%. Like the league average <laughs> for success rate is 50 on things. Oh. 60, I've never seen, I, I've done a lot of like, I've written a lot of articles and, and I've been on <laughs> SIS and True Media and all. You've and been around. A lot. I've never seen a success rate that low for a sample that big. 6%. I, I can't even do the math. Like, it's like, what is that? One out of every 20 runs works. And that's why this offense is so broken because they can only run under center, but Russ can't pass from under center. They can only pass from shotgun, but they can't run from shotgun. You try to make an offense out of that. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So can I make the argument that this is all Nathaniel Hackett's fault? Yes. Because wouldn't that be nice for the Broncos, right? If you can just fire a coach and then all of a sudden, poof. Okay, maybe he's not a a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, but things get noticeably better. Mm -hmm. And if I were to make that argument, I'm glad you brought up the play action. And yes, they're terrible running in some of those situations, which I'm sure is making them do it less. I don't care. 
they should start running it a little bit more. Yeah. So in 2020 and 2021, with Schottenheimer and Shane Waldron in Seattle, they used play action with Russ 26% of the time. Probably some of that um, would have been even more if he hadn't had the finger issue uh, because they couldn't go there was that chunk right? of... Right. Yeah. There was that chunk of time when he couldn't go under center and it changed what they were able to call and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're calling play action 20% of the time this year. Too low. Every mm-hmm. quarterback in football looks better with play action. Just do it a little bit more. Just just give them a little bit more. Uh, another thing is they've diminished how often he's rolling out, uh, which he's doing on on around 8% of dropbacks this season. The last two years that had been more in the the twelve percent range, and that's been one of their more effective looks this year. Sometimes they haven't been able to make the most of it. There was a, a should have been touchdown against the Panthers where Russell rolls out to the right. I think three guys get like wide open in the end zone, um, and then he he throws to I think Cortland Sutton, and it it goes incomplete. It doesn't work. Um, because it just was a weird throw. But there were like three other receivers who were wide open. You should be able to make something out of that play, right? So dial up a little bit more of the rollouts, dial up a little bit more of the play action. I, I think both of those things should be really, really simple and just haven't happened. Uh, loathe as I am to, to anoint Clint Kubiak as the savior of all things, in week 11, when he took over play calling, it was a little bit better. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say about that, but it, it doesn't seem great for Nathaniel Hackett. And then here's the real thing. And this is the most confounding thing about this entire situation. And it's so weird that it almost makes me feel like there must be some way to change this because how could it possibly just be this bad? Is that this combination of Nathaniel Hackett for whom probably the best thing on his resume was that he designed the Packers red zone offense for the last three years. He doesn't have much on the resume that that merited him getting this job other than being friends with Aaron Rodgers. But if you had to come up with something, that's it. In 2020, that Packers red zone offense was like one of the most spectacular things in football. And Nathaniel Hackett was behind that. And that was his job. He wasn't the play caller. But... That was a thing that he had his name on that looked like, okay, this guy can really do some stuff. Russell Wilson has historically been among the best red zone quarterbacks in football. Here is, you mentioned the 6% success rate. Here's my favorite stat about the current state of the Broncos. Russ's QBR in the red zone from last year to this year dropped from 91.9 to 6.3. That number keeps showing up. (laughs) By the way, he has six more years on his contract after this. (laughs) Ah! It's a curse. 6.3. How did it get this bad? How did the marriage between... This guy who the best thing that you could say about him was that he designed a really, really good red zone offense and one of the best red zone quarterbacks of the last decade become like the worst thing, become so bad that the league is flexing Patrick Mahomes out of primetime so we don't have to watch it. Like, this can't possibly be the only 
only outcome that they could get from this. Like, I, I just refuse to believe that it makes sense for this to be this bad. It can't be. It just, it makes no sense. There, that's that's my, my that's why my theory is that, like, there's too many factors to blame it on any one thing, and they should just absolve themselves of this problem. This would be like, we screwed this up so bad. Like, every possible decision we made, we picked the wrong decision. And the only way to get out of this is just to wash our hands of it by either folding the franchise, which, again, is not an option, unfortunately, or just getting rid of Russell Wilson. Just just take it on the chin for a year. I, I'm not sure what the state of their draft picks. I, I know they lost their first-round pick to Seattle last year. I know they don't have their first-round pick next year. But the year after that, why don't we just plan for that year? Tank, clear out the cap, get the cap in a healthy spot. Caleb Williams is coming out. He looks like a generational prospect. Just work towards that because the the saddest this is going to get, I'm, I'm they should be really happy they got flexed out of prime time because this isn't really <laughs> going to get super sad until we see this outfit go up against the Chiefs because that was the whole thing with the Russell Wilson trade, right? We need a quarterback that can compete with Patrick Mahomes. Can compete with the Chiefs. And if this is your national showcase for your attempt at getting a quarterback who can compete with Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to look pretty on 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 primetime against the Chiefs. So I think, I mean, the the experiment has already failed, right? Like, even if they can salvage this, there is no way the ceiling is what the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are at right now. So at best, and we're not even talking about Justin Herbert, but at best, you're playing for second place in this division for the next five years while paying a quarterback who maybe can get back to top 10 level, $40 million a year. It just seems like a losing business model. There is no yeah, but way to okay, win. but if if that's within the realm of possibility, and I'm not sure it is, right? I'm not sure there's some historical precedent for a quarterback in his 30s having a real dip and then rebounding, like Philip Rivers with the Colts, I think would be sort of the prime recent example. Russell Wilson being a top 10 quarterback, I'm not sure that's something that we ever see again. No. If we expand it to like top 15, there's a part of me that feels like if they get Hackett out of there, change the offense so that it fits what he's able to do a little bit better, use a little bit more play action, use a little bit more of the rollouts. Um, another thing that we haven't talked about, maybe some of the red zone stuff regresses in a positive way somewhat. Obviously, that is an area of the field that has a huge impact on winning. So that could help. Another thing is that they've been dead last in the league in scripted plays, if you call those the first 15 of each half. Another sign that that Hackett, although now he's he's given up the play calling part of it, so we'll see how much or if that changes going forward. But they've been really, really, really bad on the script, which is another thing to indicate that the coaching certainly has quite a bit to do with it. Change all of that stuff. Maybe with good players around him, this is a league average offense. Probably the easiest way for them to keep Evero is to offer him a head coaching job. You get someone who's a good offensive coordinator who has experience, who's worked with quarterbacks in the building and have a chance at a wild card a couple years. And realistically, I'm not sure that you're going to do any better than that with X tens of million dollars 
being paid out to play Russell Wilson to not play or to play for someone else every year. Like, I, it's just so crippling. I, I, I have, I'm having a hard time seeing that as their best bet. The best possible thing for the Broncos would be to convince him to retire, right? Like, what is the, what is the equivalent of, like, running the parks division for Walmart? Because if I were the Broncos owners, I might be trying to come up with, like, very lucrative, very low work intensive, high sort of like faux prestige jobs what's, in the company to offer him. What's the Rockies second base situation? <laughs> Do they have a good <laughs> second baseman? Or like their triple A affiliate. Right. Uh he could do Walmart just, commercials. He could like become the the spokesman for Walmart, like the face of it. Because uh, that's the best case scenario, right? Is if he retires, now you do have the specter of like Russell Wilson. Like this is how Gronk got traded to the Bucks, right? Is that if he'd unretired and stayed with the Patriots, he would have instantly wrecked their cap situation. So even though Belichick was pissed, he sort of had no choice but to be like, okay, yeah, fine, we'll trade you. You do have the specter of Russell Wilson being able to just like unretire and you owe him tons of money all of a sudden. However, if you can just wait it out, like keep him happy in some smushy corporate job for like five years, then you can start to breathe easy, right? Like, come on, he's not coming back. He's, he's pushing 40 at that point. He's got a nice lifestyle. He lives in this 12-bedroom house with Sierra, like, or 12-bathroom, because I think people are charting if he throws... He's got eight eight touchdown passes this year, and his house has 12 bedrooms. We'll see if... We'll see if if those two lines on the graph meet by the end of the season. Yeah, but I, I don't think know. that's the solution. I mean, that... that Like, all of... We're laughing about this, but these are, like, real solutions that are better for the future of this franchise than just paying the dude. I honestly believe that. Like, frame him for a crime. (laughs) (laughs) We at the Ringer NFL show do not condone framing Russell Wilson for any crimes. Oh, yeah, that that must be stated. Wink, wink. No, I'm just kidding. No, don't frame him for a crime. Just simply, this this is like a realistic thing that could happen, I think. What if they just went to Russ and were like, this isn't good for either of us. Like, your legacy is being tarnished. You're getting yelled at by Mike Purcell, who no one had ever heard of before this year. Maybe he's yelling about the first 15 not being good. Uh, it's just bad, and it's bad for us. Like, what if we just, like, mutually agree to part ways? We'll pay you whatever. you. We'll pay you, like, $50 million. And you can go pick a new team with a better roster, with a better situation. Maybe you win. Maybe you get that MVP vote you've been, you've been searching for your whole life. But it's not going to happen here. And I think we both know that this is bad. I, I don't know, like, the financial implications of that. I'm not, a, like, an agent. But why why not, like, restructure the deal to make it, like, like easy to get out of in a year or two? Or, or give him the freedom to go find his next team if he's willing to give you some financial, uh, some financial break back. I don't know. Unfortunately, Russell Wilson has around 300 million reasons to not do that. Um, but he's a guy that loves his legacy and loves to be a winner. And, and like his whole personality yeah, seems to be Yeah, I think he also likes his $25 million house. Yeah. With its 12 bathroom. I think I could convince Russell Wilson, like me personally, hire me, Denver. 
I'll go to Russell Wilson. I'll Steven, go. Have you seen the Jets? This is your toxic trait. This is give me one, give me yeah, one hour in a room with an NFL owner and I can get a million dollars. I would go to Russ. I'd be like, have you seen the Jets? They got a great defense. They got some good skill players. They just need a quarterback who's an adult. That's all they need. They got a good play caller. They got all that. You can go there. It's New York. You can go there and win. You can go there and win in the same division Tom Brady won in. You can go in the biggest city in the world and win. This would be so great for your legacy. And he would buy it. And he would be convinced that he could win. Because that's what that like that's the mentality it takes to be Russell Wilson and get to the point where he's at. He's been doubted his whole career. He'll tell you that. I think he has He would be convinced that he could win enough to slash his salary to the point that the Jets could be convinced to make the trade. Is is this your argument? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's hard. I told you it's hard. I, I haven't slept much because of this. I've been up all night trying to figure things out. <laughs> the problem is that Russell Wilson has an agent. I don't yeah. necessarily doubt <laughs> that you big, could convince Russ, problem. but there would be a lot of people around Russell Wilson being like, no, don't, don't listen to that guy. He's 0 for 5 on Avatar bets. Can't be doing that. <laughs> can't be can't be letting Steven Ruiz. Hey, 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 why do you have to go bring that up? You don't have to. You don't have to go digging up people's past now. Come on. All right. Here's the deal. These are my rankings for I think the things that make the most sense for the Broncos to do. I I have to be honest. I don't think I don't. It's not even that I don't want to be on the island. I want to be on the island. I'm just not sure I can be. I don't think there's a bridge to the island. I think the island is uninhabitable. As tempting as it may be, as as many wonders, as a fully just cut bait and deal with it with Russell Wilson Island might hold, I just don't think that, you know, the the waters are shark infested around it. I can't swim there. It's I don't know that there's a path. What I would do, and this is sort of a, this is not fun. I do think the Broncos' best path forward is to focus entirely on replacing Hackett with someone who, in conjunction with Russ, can make a little bit more out of this than it's been. And your goal should be to have a middle-of-the-pack offense. Promote Evero. That's probably your best way to hang on to him. Be a, be a team with a good defense. It's not the best way to win in the modern NFL, but you are you you don't have you don't have the option to do it the best way anymore. Because this team realistically is going to be seriously weighed down by this contract into probably until after like 2025. After 2025, they'd still owe him 50 million um, that they would presumably have to pay him to to play for someone else. But they could cut him then and spread that $50 million charge over two seasons. The highest they'd get would be a 37 million cap charge, dead cap charge in 2025. That's reasonable. Um, stick with it for those seasons and try to win as a defensive team, try to just have like league average quarterback play. If the red zone stuff rebounded, it would make a really, really big difference. I do think that there's still meat on the bone in terms of what they could get out of a heavier play action game, a little bit more with the rollout stuff. Um, 
I do also think that like when you look at, okay, how could the quick game here be better? There's stuff where they could work the flats more instead of the middle of the field stuff, which I think we know enough about Russell Wilson to like stop trying to make fetch happen there. He's not going to be a good thrower to the middle of the field. That's just not, it's not him. It hasn't been him. It's not going to be him. I don't think that there's like an offensive designer in the league that's going to suddenly make that something that's even really all that competent. But I, I, given the circumstances that they're facing, I think their best shot is to try to just salvage enough so that it's okay and they will essentially be playing with one hand behind their back, but at least it's not two, three, all four limbs tied up and and thrown in a corner. Um, The second best option, I think, would be something akin to bribery. Just Mm -hmm. try to just... I, I'm sure it Make happens. CEO I mean, it Walmart. certainly happens on succession. Very, very cushy corporate job. Whatever he wants doesn't come out of the salary cap. Convince him to retire. Make <laughs> him I the CEO of football of Walmart, though. Right. Like he's the guy right. that decides yes. what footballs they sell in the toy aisle. <laughs> like that. It's a big title. It sounds like a big title, but he doesn't have a lot of responsibility. I think Russ would go for that. And that job pays $50 million a year yes. if they want it to. Great. Cool. Because ultimately, that is not that much money to these people. And it is a lot of money on a football team salary cap. I think, honestly, I don't hate it. I think in other lines of, of corporate America, this must happen all the time. Why can't it happen to yeah. Russell Wilson? It's like, you know, the show, have you seen the rehearsal on HBO? Nathan no, Fielder. is it good? Yeah, you should watch it. But it's 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 okay. a show about it's like almost like a reality show, but basically this guy like offers people who have been avoiding tough conversations. What he does is he comes in and he recreates the situation that the person would have that tough conversation <laughs> in and lets them practice. So I think but that's that's not what I want the Broncos to do. What I want the Broncos to do is like the set decoration. What like in the show he like rebuilds the person's house like piece by piece, an exact replica of it. Now, the Broncos do that. They build this, like a Super Bowl stadium. They have they hire a bunch of actors to come and pretend like the Super Bowl's happening. They bribe uh, the NFL <laughs> to give Russell Wilson an MVP. They have him, he wins the Super Bowl in this fake Super Bowl, and then he retires. And then that's the end. You don't have to deal with it anymore. You have the money to do that. I know how much Walmart makes. That's the solution. Do you? I, I don't know how much Walmart makes. I know that it's I, I'm a assuming lot. it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's got to be a lot. They bought the Broncos. But yeah, that's, that's another viable solution. But really, there is no solution. But I do agree that a defensive coach makes the most sense because I think a defensive coach is willing to look at Russell Wilson and see the strengths and see how you could build an offense around that. Whereas an offensive coach who is like beholden to his precious scheme. And I want my scheme to be ran a particular way. Might look at Russell Wilson and be like, I don't want that guy. I can't build an offense around a guy that doesn't right. run the plays like I design him. And I think that's, that was the value of Pete. Pete recognized what Russell Wilson was and built an offense around it, and it worked. And I think the Broncos should really look back, and Russ should really look back at his time in Seattle with a different lens and appreciate what they did for him and appreciate how it made him into a better quarterback. And I think that's the only realistic way outside of the trade or making him the CEO of Walmart or 
building a fake Super Bowl or framing them for a crime, which is still on the table. <laughs> That's the best way to get the most out of this. I'd like to repeat, right. we do not endorse the framing of the crime option. Steven, Steven's, Steven's top option is to just cut bait, deal with the costs later. Mine is try to make the best out of it. The offense is going to be considerably healthier, you would imagine, which should also make a difference. And yeah, just change your play style, change what type of team, also change some of the expectations. It's probably not a real Super Bowl contender, but you might be able to squeak into the playoffs, which is at least something. Um, And then our next best options are bribery or framing. Um, Great stuff, Stephen. Glad to have you back on the island. Thanks. That's actually what my whole article is about, is about framing him. So I might have to rewrite it. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know what? We, we we love that you're an outside-the-box thinker. That's why you've been on, on this program so many times. That's why it's always electric. Uh, this has been the Island on the Ringer NFL Show feed. Thank you for listening. Thank you again to Steven. We will be back next week, but Shield Kapadia for now will be up next on the feed tomorrow, going in-depth on NFL News on the Scramble. Thank you to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode and to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Rumblepaul for additional production supervision. 